Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25-20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first ever playoff edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, episode 158 today. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Today we're going to review the Week 17 victory against Atlanta. We'll catch you guys up on some player injury news. Talk about the game this Saturday night against Washington and much, much more. But welcome back to the show. Like I said before, I'm your host as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, Mr. Evan Wanish. And dare I even ask, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, well, at least you're getting uh, some humor with it this time. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm not doing just fine. I'm, I'm doing good this time. All right, how's that? There we go. That's the playoff spirit, baby. Things got to pick up around here. I mean, this is, this is uncharted territory for us. First ever postseason show that we've done, not talking about, you know, a change in the coaching lineup or you know, worried about really big free agents on the cusp of not being in Tampa Bay anymore. It is it is time to talk ball continuously. And I mean, this is just I don't know, man, it's just it's cool, you know? Yeah, you at least get one more week before you have to, you know, discuss offseason. So it's yeah, it's a nice little change of pace, isn't it? Absolutely. So let's get into everything going on. Obviously, the Buccaneers victorious. They beat Atlanta and sweep them on the season. Forty four to twenty seven. The final score and they finish with a record of 11 and 5 which you and I both predicted uh predicted them to go 11 and 5 very different paths of how they would get there but I'll tell you I think this is the first year in show history that our uh, predictions have shaken out and we've both been right like normally I'm normally better at it than you are but I think this is the first time ever that we've both been around the money, so kudos uh, to us, I guess. There we go. So the Buccaneers lock up the fifth seed. They're going to travel to play the Washington football team, and we're not going to get into the game preview too much, but I did want to talk about this game now that we actually know when it's going to be played. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL certainly didn't do the Buccaneers any favors. They scheduled their first round wild card game Saturday night, January 9th. It'll be 8.15 p.m. It'll be on NBC. The Buccaneers were one and three on primetime this year. And uh, since they are playing on Saturday and not Sunday, they're going to be missing Devin White on that defense. But um, I mean, I, you know, you got to take what you can get, I guess, at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, the NFL said that they weren't going to make any exceptions for the Saints or the Bucks because of COVID issues that, you know, that it's just going to happen to be where it falls. And um, obviously the Saints get a Sunday game. I, I there are people that say a conspiracy, and it's, I don't think it's I don't think it's anything like that. I think the NFL looked at it and said, 
look, we just we want Tampa to be on a Saturday, Saturday night. Um, maybe you don't get as many high ratings on a Saturday night as you will on a Sunday night. So you put Tom Brady in that slot, and maybe it would get more ratings. So uh, it's unfortunate news for the Bucks because not only does this give Devin White uh, the option, you know, not going to play, but Mike Evans is one less day basically to recover should he play. Um, and then, you know, uh, they're expected to have Shaq Barrett and Carlton Davis back. But, yeah, it still does kind of suck that it's a it's a Saturday night game. And it's night because the Buccaneers have won one game uh, on primetime this year. However, that was on the road, and that was against an NFC East opponent. So Yeah, and it was an ugly game. And, I mean, you got to win games any way you can get them here in the playoffs. But with another NFC opponent, a nighttime game, we might be shaping up for another just – God awful game. I don't know. I I, I well, it's going to be ugly. It's it, it is. I mean, but both of these both these teams, uh, it's not going to be very high scoring. The Washington defense is one of the best in the NFL, um, and then the Washington offense is just brutal. So surprising um, stat I saw about the Washington defense today, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but they're like top three in the NFL and not giving up twenty plus yard plays. Uh, yeah, they don't they don't give up explosives. Uh, yeah, they are I believe in DVOA they are second in, in against the pass and thirteenth against the run. Um, so not a great matchup. And obviously their defensive line is one of the best in the NFL. They have six straight weeks of not giving up twenty points. Uh, twenty points or less, I should say. Um, so they haven't given up over twenty points in six straight weeks. Um, so yeah, they're a really good defense, and it'll be interesting to see how it shaped out. Yeah, and you have to imagine that the Buccaneers are going to be coming in not only playing with a purpose because it's their first playoff appearance in a decade and a half, but Chase Young had some choice words for a quarterback after the game a couple nights ago. What did what did you make of that? He basically called out Tom and said he's on his way. Look, I'm not sure if you saw my tweet or not. Oh, but- I did. Why do people do this? Why do athletes continue to do this to great players? Like everybody rags on LeBron James and LeBron James proves them wrong. I'm not even a huge LeBron guy, but he proves them wrong. Uh, Michael Jordan, same thing. Tom Brady, same thing. Why do you do this? Now what's going to happen is, yeah, if – if the, if the Washington football team ends up winning, then you know, that video won't really mean a whole lot. Um, but if, if the Bucks end up winning, man, Chase Young is going to get memed uh, so much by the Bucks fans and uh, by Brady fans in general. I just don't understand why would you need to give this guy any more motivation than he already has. Like everybody's already questioning him whether he could come into a new system and play well, and he's done it. And like the Bucks, you know, haven't made the playoffs in so long, and this and that. Why do you need to do this? Like, I I, I like it. I I do. Like, I I like the the confidence and the swagger and stuff. But just wrong player to do it to, man. That's the the thing is that, you know, when you talk about discipline of a team or not reading into your news clippings very much, yeah, I think it's important not to do that. Um, But when you've got build more material like that, I don't think there is any worse player to give it to other than Tom Brady, because if there's one thing we've learned about TB12 over his 20 seasons in the league is that he pays attention to that stuff. He acts like he doesn't, but everybody and their mother knows that he does, and he uses it as fuel to just, I don't know, go out there and destroy whoever's in front of him. So hopefully TB12 yeah. can you know, get a little something from that and play better this Saturday night. I- I'm really just kind of hoping on the whole team to step up. 
Saturday night, man. It's it's the night game that really has me worried. And uh, apparently we're fake fans if we look at this team and any sort of uh, uncertainty. But mm. like I said at the beginning of the show, it is uncharted territory. And uh, the territory that we do know of, the Buccaneers are one in three this season. So, wow. like yeah, I, I mean, said, and, manifest and according... what you've got to. But we need playoff Tom Brady this week, and it's it's got to start quickly. According to that Nerdenheimer that called in yesterday, um, <laughs> Brady's washed. And what did he say? The Giants he, were going to win. He did say the Giants were going to win. We did that yeah. call-in show before uh, the Washington yeah. game was over. Before, by the way, I just want to kind of take a little side note here and talk about that Washington Philly game. What did you think of that Doug Peterson move to uh, kind of just throw Sudfeld yeah. in there and, and call it a day? Well, you know, I, I had I had gotten obviously being in here at Philly. Uh, I, I listen to all the Philly reporters because obviously they cover everybody but the Bucks. I mean, they cover Philly Flyers <laughs> Sixers. So, I mean, I'm going to listen to them. And I, I was basically told that, yeah, like uh, that's what's going to happen. If the Eagles get a shot to pull Jalen Hurts, they're going to do it. So that really wasn't a surprise to me. Uh, what I have a problem with is, and I had a problem when the Bucks did it in 2014, when they pulled their starters. They were up 20 to seven on New Orleans in Week 17. They pulled their starters. They end up losing and get the number one overall pick. I had a problem with it then. I don't really like it. But here's the biggest thing I have an issue with: the Eagles were down 17 to 14, and they were. Uh, it would have been like a 52-yard field goal or so. Instead of attempting the field goal, they take the delay game penalty and then they punt. Come on. Like, it would have been to tie the game. And then on their own four-yard line, down three still, late in the third quarter, they end up uh, going for it on fourth and goal, and they don't get it. Like, that is – that's tanking. Like, I understand – I could see – I'm fine with pulling some players and stuff like that. Um, But that, to me, those two plays, when you had two opportunities to tie the game and didn't take them, that was clearly you're not trying to win um, and I, I think it's pretty pathetic. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Doug Peterson, I know there's a lot of Philly fans that were like, hey, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, let's tank at the better draft pick. I, I get it. Um, I completely get it. But I just think that for for the game that you play and those players, they, they're, those players are still trying to play to win. Okay, those guys are still always going to play to win the game. Just like Herm Edwards, right? Then we have it in the, in one hype video. Yeah. You play to win the game, right? Those players are going to play, but the coaches clearly did not have uh, Set, winning. They, they, they didn't have winning failure. as a goal. Yeah, they, they did not have winning as that game as a goal of theirs. And that's that's a that's a mistake and that's that's incompetence right there. Absolutely. Now, there is another bit of news out of the Bucks this week I wanted to transition to, and it has to do with our big wide receiver, number 13. Mike Evans on Sunday broke the record for the most 1,000-yard seasons to start a career. Seven in a row broke Randy Moss's record. It was a great feeling. The stadium was alive, and then the very <laughs> yeah. next play. I don't know why I'm laughing, but yeah, yeah, I don't know why the hell you are either. Jesus just, Christ! Just the way the way you were saying it, just it, well, you gotta, great, you, you know, time. you gotta build, you gotta build the narrative here. You gotta kind of oh, yeah. string people along, I guess. Everybody knows what happens. Mike Evans hyperextended his left knee in the end zone, dropped a touchdown pass, and he did not play for the rest of the game. We didn't get a whole lot of updates, but the ones that we did get throughout the afternoon were everything's looking better than we had thought. Well, 24 hours and a little bit of change later. The MRI results come back. Mike Evans' hyperextended left knee showed no structural damage to any ligaments. 
And as of right now, the Buccaneers are hopeful he can play in the playoffs this Saturday. Bruce said today in a press conference that he's back in the training room. And uh, by Thursday, he'll try and give it a go at practice. So really, really good news on the Mike Evans front. And I mean, at this point, you got to believe he's well over a 50% chance of playing this Saturday. Uh, I'd put it more at a 50% chance. Um, it's a tough injury, man. I know Mike Evans is as, as tough as they come, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think if the Bucks don't feel like he's going to be able to really help them, I don't think he's going to play. Now, I don't know. I'm not in the building, so I don't know how well he's actually feeling. Okay. I, I, I couldn't tell you that. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe he is, you know, it's feeling a lot better. Arian said there's very little swelling, which is a good sign. Um, because obviously swelling could really you know, hinder his ability to come back. Uh, and it was a good sign that it was just a hyperextended knee. Obviously, that's not a good thing. But, you know, on a play like that, you're talking about me an ACL, uh, something in the CL range, whether it's a tear. A tear would obviously end of the season. Yeah. Um, but even, uh, you know, like, like a strain. I mean, that's, you know, that's big. Um, so you're lucky there. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I guess I'll wait and see. Um, but it's encouraging that it's not as serious. I just don't know if the Bucks are, are going to really force him. I don't want to down anybody, but, man, doesn't this feel like the Chicago game? Well, that, Chicago, that... Chicago with a tough defense, tough defensive line. It's going to be a cold game. It's a night game. Mike Evans is hurt. I, I don't know, man. It's It's like eerie. Well, let's talk about the Chicago game because I actually wanted to bring it up. There are two <laughs> scenarios for Mike Evans and the Buccaneers as of the game this week. They either play them or they don't. It's as simple as that. But I wanted to ask your opinion on both of those. First one being the situation where they don't play him. Do you see it ending up like another Chicago game like you just mentioned? And I guess your answer is yes. But the big difference there is Bucks didn't have Antonio Brown. That's right. Oh, and, and also in that game, if you don't remember, they didn't have Chris Godwin. Yes, they did uh, not because he was dealing with that early season injury. Yeah, they, they did not have Chris Godwin, and at that time, they didn't have O.J. Howard. Now, obviously, they don't have O.J. Howard now. I'm not saying he's coming back. But well, I don't think they had Gronk the way that he was rolling right now. No, exactly. That's That was actually a decent Gronk game. I think he had like five catches for 40 yards or so, so it was a decent Gronk game. But, yeah, they don't have Gronk the way he is now. Um, so, you know, and it'll be interesting to see. So, yes, they didn't have Antonio Brown. They didn't have Chris Godwin. That's a big key. Um but it's just the the similar styles. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying the Bucks are going to lose. I'm just saying it's like it's it's eerie, you know. Mike Evans banged up. Uh, don't know if he's going to play. Is he going to gut it out? Team with a tough defense, uh, good defensive line. It's a night game. It's going to be cold. You know, it's just it's it's very uh, it's very strange. All the elements um, are there. It, it is. Everything's there. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, um, the good news, like you said, though. Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin. That's basically, if you didn't have Mike Evans on the team, you know, if Mike Evans was playing for somebody else, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin is a damn good wide receiver core. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, still, I mean, you know. still, you know, still an argument to be made for one of the best in the league at that point. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. kind of, it's kind of crazy just thinking about it because, you know, even before Antonio Brown and a lot of the other talent that came here, we've been pleading our case with just Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and the Bucks have the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. So now when you have this plethora of riches, obviously things open up when you have one or more players missing, but let's talk about the other scenario regarding Mike Evans. If he plays, which to be honest with you, between you and me, I do think he plays. 
Um, I want to present this scenario to you, and I've seen a, a couple of other people say it today, but honestly, if he's healthy or healthy enough, just play him. Like, it is the playoffs, and I feel mm-hmm. like it cannot be expressed enough. You need everybody on the field in the playoffs, e- even even if he is 50, 60, 70%. The fact that you do have Antonio Brown, you have Rob Gronkowski, you have Chris Godwin coming off of the monster game he had to close the regular season. With all of that going on, I have to imagine that even if Mike is out there as a decoy, he's getting limited targets, whatever the case may be, when Mike Evans is on the field, that's when this offense is rolling its best. That's that's mm-hmm. that's why they started so hot. That's why they absolutely crushed Detroit the way that they did. And yeah, those aren't two nearly as good defenses as Washington is going to bring Saturday night. But I just I think Mike being out there in any capacity is is going to be the difference for uh, if this offense shows up. So here's the thing, though. I I believe that the Bucks really pushed Mike Evans to play in that Chicago game because they didn't have Chris Godwin and they didn't have Antonio Brown. Right. So are the Bucks? I understand your thing. I completely agree. It's the playoffs. It's not like a playoff series, right? This is if the Buccaneers lose on Saturday, they they are done. It's it's over, right? This is a that's why the NFL playoffs to me are just so unpredictable because. If if a person if a team has one bad game they're done like it's over any given you know? Sunday I mean it, 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 it exactly couldn't, it couldn't be any more true than during the NFL playoffs yeah I mean and just because Washington made it at seven and nine that doesn't mean a thing you know the last two people to make it in with seven wins they won their first playoff game so you know that 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 should show you something there Seattle beat the New Orleans and Carolina I believe beat Arizona with Bruce Arians. You know, Arizona, coached by Bruce Arians. Now, I do believe, I think it was uh, Ryan Lindley, I think was the Cardinals quarterback, because that was the year I think Carson Palmer went down, and then Drew Stanton, I think, went down. So they were on, like, their third-string quarterback, so in Arizona's defense there. By the way, um, Drew Stanton, a Buccaneer right now on the practice squad, right? He, he is. Yeah, yes, look at that, Bucs legend. There you go. Um, so, you know, it, it's – it's tough because with with Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, do you really rush Mike Evans back? If you think if he's going to be fifty percent, do you rush him back? I don't know, seventy percent, sure, sixty percent, sure. But if if you don't think like he's going to be able to do much, if you think there's any chance of re-injury, also, I wouldn't play him. Now, if there's not, I sure throw him out there as a decoy, just like you said. Um, but like I said, they're extremely lucky that it's not an ACL and he can still come back. I mean, if they if they move on to the next round, I think Mike Evans is almost guaranteed to come back at that point if he doesn't play. Oh, yeah. So you're getting Shaq Barrett and Carlton Davis back this week. And then the week after that, let's say Mike Evans doesn't play, but they win. The week after that, you're getting Mike Evans and Devin White back. I mean, that's basically like you're getting midseason trades almost, <laughs> you know, to to you know, really help out your playoff team. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm hoping he plays because, dude, that dude deserves it. Like he just he's the he's one of their best players. He's been their best player for years. And he finally gets to the postseason and he's not gonna be able to play in the game. Like that sucks. Yeah. You know, so I, I hope he does. I'm just I'm not hundred percent sure he does. I really hope I'm wrong. I'm just not hundred percent sure. The jury's definitely still out as of this moment in time, but I've got a pretty optimistic feeling. Whatever you guys are feeling about Mike Evans, does he play? Does he not? Do you think it's a good idea? Let us know in the comments if you're watching over on YouTube. It helps out the channel. We'll respond to you. We'll even talk about it on the show. That's what they're there for. But let's go into some other injury news that we briefly mentioned, and then we'll review the game from Week 17. So with the game being on Saturday night, 
The Buccaneers will not have middle linebacker Devin White due to NFL COVID procedures, as we mentioned to start off the show. And then as we had briefly mentioned as well, Bruce Arians said today in his press conference that Shaq Barrett returning from the COVID reserve and uh, Carlton Davis from that groin injury should both be good to go for Saturday. So that Buck secondary getting their best cover guy back. That's a really big deal. Big deal. Um, and he's going to be going up against Terry McLaurin pretty much the whole game, who is really Washington's best weapon. Um, and Washington, as far as receivers go, they don't pose a ton of threats except for McLaurin. So getting Davis back is a big key. And, uh, yeah, it's a big help. So um, excited to have him back. And, I mean, if you look at Washington, really, they have Antonio Gibson um, is a great weapon who the Bucks really wanted. Um, Arian said today that they were debating Winfield or Gibson, which at 45, I think either one of them would have been a fantastic pick. Um, so, you know, he's he's a good he's a good player. Logan Thomas, a tight end. But, yeah, as far as receivers go, uh, having Carlton Davis back and being able to cover McLaurin will be a big key. And then obviously having Shaq Barrett back uh, because – if I mean this game, whoever this game is going to be decided in the trenches, we're going to talk about this more on Thursday. If the Bucks cannot get to Alex Smith, the Bucks defense is not going to have success. Okay, Alex Smith is not that mobile, and just get to him. Just just get to him. He's not, but also he's not going to turn the ball over much. All right, he had two interceptions in Philly, uncharacteristic of him. He doesn't throw many interceptions. So when you get your hands on a ball, catch it, and uh, yeah. So it'll be huge to have both those guys back for a defense that, you know, struggled, but is facing an offense that I think they can really take advantage of. Yeah, and another just comment following up on Alex Smith and this Washington offense. It's going to be a pretty important day for the Bucks defense to come out. I think they're going to need to play a lot of man this week. There's one thing about Alex Smith is that one, he it's, does. It's a lot of dink and dunk. It is a lot of dink and dunk, and that has been the one thing that has torn this Bucks team up all season long. They play long. a soft zone. Like yeah. if you play soft zone this whole game, you're going to get the Reds. Uh, the Redskins, sorry, uh, the Washington Football Team are going. They're going to go on seven, eight minute drives and are going to end in touchdowns because they're just going to dink and dunk their way down the field. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, before we go over the top performers from last Sunday's victory, I want to remind each and every one of you that this podcast is brought to you by your good friends over at betonline.ag. Believe it or not, the playoffs are here. If you have a good feeling about a team that can upset the Packers, somebody who can put a stop to what the Chiefs are on their way to doing, you can check it out. I'm sure they have a bet for it over on BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Now, correct me if I'm mistaken here, but I heard you lost a little bit of money on that Cowboys game this weekend. Yeah, well, the boys suck. (laughs) That's all I got to say. That's all. I'm not going to comment much on it, but... um... Yeah, whatever. I think didn't the Bucks open up as like seven and a half point favorites this weekend? I think. I think in both contests they would have been seven and a half in this one, and I think they were seven if they were to play the Giants. So, okay. I mean, Vegas was picking them to beat whoever they were going to go up against. So, yeah, but that's a lot for, yeah, a, playoff, for like a playoff game. It's a lot of points. I don't know, man. Uh, if if you're if you're not partial and you don't mind betting against the Bucks or betting for the Bucks, the Bucks may win, but I don't know if it's going to be by more than I don't think it's going to be by more than seven and a half. <laughs> so um, I feel like I said I think this game's going to be really tight. So if if you have a good feeling, hey, 
you know, maybe maybe you, you you take that bet. Or if you think, you know, hey, Washington barely won the NFC East, whatever. Bucks are going to crush them. Go ahead and take the Bucks then, you know. That's um, your prerogative. But personally, I don't know. I think seven and a half points for, you know, that's a lot to give up. Well, I'll tell you what, they can win by seven and a half points if this offense rolls the way that they did week 17. Let's talk about some of the top performers from that game. Let's kick it off with TB12. 26 for 41, 399 yards, four touchdowns, and that one fluke Scotty Miller interception that should have been a wide receiver stat. I'm so angry. You're still mad about it? Uh, Whenever I look at the stat line, it says one interception. I'm like, no. I'm like, he had four touchdowns and no interceptions. He finished with 12 interceptions on the year, and I think looking back on the season, I would say maybe like 10 of those were his fault. Yeah, I'll have to go back. I'll I'll have to look at each one. Um, It's nice. That nice you, can, that you like, don't have to go break down all 30, huh? <laughs> <laughs> It'll take like yeah, half the time this year. It's it's, no, it's nice that I, I can say like, oh, you know, it's nice that you can answer that very quickly. Oh, well, like um, 16 of them weren't his fault, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> but 17 were dropped anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to go back and look. Uh, obviously, yeah, that one wasn't his fault. Um, there was, I think there might have been one other one that maybe wasn't his fault. Uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to look and see. And uh, yeah, but it's night and day, you know. I mean, like I said, no disrespect to James Winston, but you had a guy in here that threw 30 interceptions last year, and now you got a guy that threw 12. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible. And now they are what they're they're in top 10 in turnover differential for the first time in like six years, and now they're finally making the playoffs. Yeah, I think it, that's clearly a direct correlation to winning football games. And I think it's something like nine out of, out of like those ten teams, nine or eight of them are in the playoffs. So don't turn the ball over, and you, you make the playoffs. I think that's you know don't turn the ball over, create takeaways, make the playoffs. I'd like to see him, the Bucks get an interception though. Right? Bucks yeah, have I like this defense. Bucks, they had, they had since, pl- since since Kansas City, they played Kansas City, Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, and Atlanta again. That's five games. They have one interception. Mm. This was a team taking the ball away a lot that first half of the season, so we'll see. Well, I mean, improves. they've been getting some fumbles. But. They have. They have. They had a lot of forced fumbles against Atlanta. But while we're talking about Brady really quickly, I just want to state that looking at this season as a whole, looking at it as the first season in a new team, new head coach, new scheme, all of this great stuff, you got to build chemistry with your offense. It cannot be overlooked what this man has done. I don't know why people try to do this week in and week out where it's like, oh, you guys are making up all these stats to make Brady look good. Mm. Are are we really 43 total touchdowns at 43 years old, three rushing touchdowns, 40 touchdowns through the air, 12 interceptions, two of which which we kind of covered already, but. Like, come the hell on, dude. Patrick Mahomes doesn't even have 40 interceptions. Uh, for- Jesus. He doesn't even have 40 touchdowns this year. Like, Tom yeah. Brady is, you know, I think it's safe to say that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win the MVP, but 40 touchdowns for TB12 has to at least put him in the conversation of, you know, consideration if these other guys weren't in a league by themselves. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to get some uh, some votes. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen – uh, Derek Henry, I think those those guys are all going to get votes. I think Tom Brady may get a vote or two as well, and it's deservedly so. I mean, I I didn't even really I didn't expect him to throw forty touchdowns. I thought that was a little little crazy. The only people who expected him to throw that many touchdowns were the casual New England fans who were like, "Oh, he's going to throw fifty touchdowns this year." Yeah. And I guess they were kind of right, but I mean, yeah, they, they were they, the were, only they were closer than than I was. Exactly, so. they were the only ones picking him to go that to go that high. You know what right. I mean? 
Right. Because they were like, yeah, you don't know. And I have all these New England fans now, because that tweet, when I well, I tweeted out the Chase Young video when he's saying that, and I, I just said, no, you don't, when he's saying, I want Tom Brady. <laughs> and now I have all these Boston fans that are just liking the tweet and, and retweeting it, and they're all saying the same thing. They're like, oh, yeah, everybody tries to do this. Every rookie tries to do this every year, and it never works. I'm like, all right, you guys are instilling some confidence. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's an incredible season, and it, it's – He's the the thing that's encouraging to me is he's shown no signs of slowing down. Like yeah. it's not like you, you can predict like he could fall off next year, sure, but it would be out of the blue. It'd be out of nowhere because you he it's shown not something no that you, you see coming, you know, from even his yeah. play right now. Exactly. Will he throw forty touchdowns next year? Uh, probably not. I, I would I would assume, but you know, because I don't think you can bet on always oh, forty touchdowns. You know, I, I don't think you can get bet on that consistently. In the second but, year of an offense that he's still figuring out continuity there coming into play. Uh, if you God. keep okay. some of those wide receivers, he's, okay, he's going to throw sixty touchdowns. Yeah, How's that's that? what I like to hear, uh, baby. Yeah, six sixty touchdowns and zero interceptions. How's that? <laughs> um, He'll yeah, get I mean, one because it'll be like somebody making a dive and then the ball flips over three players and lends up in the uh, in the corner's hand. So I guess we have to, you know, predict at least one in in true Bucks fashion. But I mean, anyways, I mean, it's an incredible season and he is just a he's an incredible player. He's just he is. I mean, I've watched Tom Brady so close over the last few years, but obviously I've watched him the closest this year. And I've watched all the press conferences. He is a once in a generation player uh he there is nobody in the league that is like him um now there's nobody in the league that's like Aaron Rodgers there's nobody in the league that's like Patrick Mahomes okay I mean those you know all three I'm not saying there's oh Tom Brady's the best quarterback right now he's not the best quarterback in the NFL um you know there's he might be top five but there are guys better Patrick Mahomes is better than him Aaron Rodgers is probably at this stage probably better than him but He's just proving everybody that doubted him completely wrong. And, and that's completely wrong. Max Kellerman, I'm looking at you. You know, <laughs> uh, I mean, this guy, Max Kellerman, literally admitted that he was wrong. I, like I saw somebody on, a year. Yeah, well, whatever. Every time Brady uh, I, makes the playoffs, he's like, I guess Brady isn't going down the cliff. And then as soon as he gets that playoff exit, it, it's right back, guns a blazing. Yeah, well, if they lose on Saturday, he'll be like, yeah, well, the Bucks didn't have a 43-year-old quarterback. Yeah, um, right. Anyways, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just he's proving everybody wrong, everybody that doubted him. And I saw somebody on Twitter today. They're like, yeah, I was wrong. Like, I was wrong about Tom Brady. And a lot of people, that was the biggest thing. I think a lot of people thought, like, there was warning signs from last year. And I'll admit there were some warning signs from last year that – you know, maybe he is slowing down a bit, but that's that's gone. Like that that is gone. This dude is still playing at a high level, and as far as I'm concerned, he can play for two, three, maybe four more years at, at this rate. I mean, he looks fantastic, and it's just it, it's a franchise changing player. It, it really is. It yeah. is a franchise changing player, and that's exactly what the Bucks have. As we wrap up this week's Brady segment, I just want to kind of end things off by saying this. Uh, that's what makes this the most exciting postseason, I think, in Buccaneers history, dare I say it. Um, but not only do you have the team back in the playoffs for the first time since 2007, you have got the greatest playoff quarterback 
under center. And as we just talked about the season that he's had, showing no signs of slowing down and meshing with an offense with plenty of weapons, everything that everybody had dreamed about back in the preseason is coming to fruition. And yeah, they're 11 and five, but they made the dance. It is an even playing field. And now you have got one of the greatest to ever do it, leading your team to hopefully their second franchise Super Bowl. But uh, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. Let's kind of wrap things up. I want to talk about some more top performers from Sunday, their uh, their impact on the playoffs. We had briefly mentioned it, but, uh, you know, let's talk about maybe the possibility of no Mike Evans. Well, you got two guys who can do more than enough. Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, A.B., his best day as a buck on Sunday, 11 receptions, 138 yards, two touchdowns. Chris Godwin, five receptions, 133 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, the Buccaneers have three number one ride receivers. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, uh, I I think you're right. Um, yeah, it's easily. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And they're playing. They're paying Antonio Brown next to nothing. Um <laughs> But I will say I'm I'm very disappointed in Antonio Brown. Um, Rhett, uh, he he may be cut. I don't I don't think he'll be there for the playoff game. Enlighten me. <laughs> well, he 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 was a bad apple. He, he he just broke the rules. What did he do this week? He stole the touchdown from Scotty Miller. Oh my God! Yeah, Scotty had to take one for the team on that one, dude. That that yeah. was uh, come on, that man. was the most interesting drunk. touchdown I have seen these past few years. <laughs> I mean, cre- you got to credit the hustle to Antonio Brown. He chased it down yeah. and he got it. But yeah, it, it was definitely a pass to Scotty. <laughs> like it was. Yeah. I mean, it was going to be right in the bread basket either way. But I guess a good read from Antonio Brown. Like I, I don't know. It's Dare we catch, say that? You know. He, you know, he shows some uh, some defensive pursuit skills there. Like, I don't know, line him up at corner this week, see what happens. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but he he played incredible, and Chris Godwin does what Chris Godwin does. Yeah, um, just a, a fantastic player, and there, he's not going nowhere. Um, I, I referenced this on the call-in show last night, but Trevor Sigma tweeted it out. My thoughts exactly. Any free agent projection uh, article that has Chris Godwin going anywhere else is wrong. Um, Maybe, you know, I'm not saying I'm just saying for next year, next year, he will be in a Buccaneers uniform. He's not going anywhere. It's, it's going to be a franchise tag. I, I yeah, think everybody it's, can it's, see it. Coming. I mean, I, obviously, the Bucs want a long term deal. They don't want him to go anywhere anytime soon. But yeah. realistically, for next year, he's he ain't, he's not going to be wearing another team's colors next year. Next year, he will be in Tampa Bay. So uh, I don't know about Antonio Brown, but next year, Chris Godwin is not going anywhere. So Bucs fans, don't worry. Chris Godwin's not leaving. So let's talk about Antonio Brown really quickly. I'm kind of curious because I had seen your take a little bit earlier today in a group chat that we're in, but I want to address it here. Antonio Brown and the possibility of him staying in Tampa Bay next season, regardless of how this playoff run goes, your opinion is that a a team is going to be willing to pay Antonio Brown a lot more than the Bucs will be willing to pay. And I think that's a fair assessment. I don't think that's a wrong statement at all, but you don't think there's a tiny chance that Antonio Brown, who has been just the perfect little angel up until this point, you don't think he's like, listen, man, I just want to keep kicking it with Brady, staying on his couch, training with him, and winning Super Bowls in Tampa. I mean, do you think that if Brady really swings him in that direction, he could stick around making not that much money? Because as of right now, it seems like, yeah, another team could offer him some money, but like, does it matter that much to him anymore? The thing I'm looking at is just the guaranteed money that he would want because he's going to want some guaranteed money. 
Right. And I just don't know how you can give him guaranteed money. Like this year, he knows one screw up and he's done. Like, yeah. you know, and the Bucks don't owe him anything. They owe him nothing. They can cut him and literally they cut him and there's no more paychecks coming in. Right. Well, speaking of Obviously. just really quickly wanted to interject extra paychecks for Antonio Brown. He yeah. got a, yeah. uh, I think it was a quarter million bonus because of his receptions on uh, last Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady is one of like the best friend ever. Um, he loves getting records for his guys. He loves helping them out. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Well, except if your name's Ronald Jones, he's like, screw you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, I just don't think like with that guaranteed money, man, if he screws up and you cut him, you're still going to be paying him something. I just don't know. And I, I still think he's going to have interest around the league. And I just think somebody's going to throw him a one year deal for seven, $8 million with four or 5 million of that guaranteed. And the bucks can't afford to pay their third wide receiver, $8 million. Uh, it's the same thing with Adam Humphreys a, a few years ago. Adam Humphreys got $8 million. They couldn't afford to pay Adam Humphreys $8 million. Um, so I don't believe Antonio Brown's back. And am I going to say it's completely out of the question? No, because the power of Tom Brady is the power of Tom Brady. I didn't think Antonio Brown was going to be in Tampa to begin with. You didn't either. So, yeah, nobody did. Uh, well, well, there were some. There, there, there were some. some who reported it, and everybody clowned them, myself included. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we saw uh, it was right. And then, you know... Uh, it, so I'm not going to underestimate the power of Tom Brady, but if Antonio Brown's back, it's going to be like a really small deal with not a lot of guaranteed money. And I just think that at the at the end of the day, yes, he loves playing with Brady, but I don't think it's not like a Gronkowski situation where he's like, I'm only going to play with Brady. Like, I don't right. think that's the case at all. Like, that's not the, that's not the deal. Uh, Antonio Brown had interest from other teams, the Ravens, the Seahawks. He was talking to those teams. So it's not like he was like, no, Tampa's the Tampa's the spot. It's not like Gronkowski. So I think that Antonio Brown's is going to receive somebody's going to take a chance. All it takes is one team to say, hey, you know, we think he's he's changed. He, he was a good apple and we're going to give him this contract and then he's gone. So that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, Antonio Brown's been a great contributor for the Bucks, but uh, I just don't see him back. I got you. We'll see what happens. One more stat line I want to go over from last Sunday. Ronald Jones, 12 carries for 78 yards, one touchdown. His first game back from that broken pinky. Got his wheels going a little bit. 6.5 yards per carry. Uh, I mean, he looks ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he looked uh, running hard. And, uh, well, yeah, with that little uh, that pinky, you didn't want to risk too much, I don't think so. Uh, around 12 carries is fine. We'd like to see more Keyshawn Vaughn and Leonard Fournette. But, yeah, around 12 carries for Jones is fine. Yeah, he got in the end zone, so a good start for him. And, yeah, he does seem ready to face the challenge. Obviously, Washington, the, the defensive line is good. So, naturally, you know, their their run defense is going to be pretty good. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but uh, I do think he's he's ready to go. And, like I say, yeah, he's running hard. Um it really hits. He hits the hole with such force and speed that you know he really. Uh, he's just a better running back than Leonard Fournette, and um, yeah, excited excited to see him in in his first playoff action as well. If I would have shown you that clip at the beginning of the season, back when you said Ronald Jones wasn't going to be the guy for this team, 
I, I can only imagine what you would have said to yourself, but I'm just so glad that the tides have turned and, and Ronald Jones has proved a lot of people wrong this season. Um, there was a lot of hype coming into the year and there was just as much criticism because people didn't think he would take that next step. And I hate to say it, but you were one of those people. Well, you still, when contract time comes, you still shouldn't pay him. But hey, uh, that's just that's just my philosophy on building a team. Um, it's the running back I, position. You're not alone. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's just I never, I didn't think Ronald Jones was bad. I never thought Ronald Jones was bad. I just, I don't know if he's like even like a top ten running back. Like I don't, I just don't know. I think I just, with more carries, he is. Well, man, sure, but I mean, you give anybody more volume carries, they're gonna get more opportunities to do stuff. Um, but I, I like I said, I like him. I really do. I just, I don't know. He's good. He's decent i think he's he's good enough for a playoff team he's good enough for even a super bowl team look at the 49ers and the chiefs last year they didn't have star running backs in that game you know they had damian williams for the chiefs and like raheem mostert and matt breeder for the 49ers like i think jones is probably better than all those guys yeah so like you don't need a star running back so like yeah like i think he's decent i don't think he's great but that's okay like that's not a bad thing everybody's taking it as oh you hate ron jones no that's not a bad thing that's just he is what he is, I think. So I'm happy for him. You know, I wish he could have got a thousand yards, but oh well. Um, and yeah, well, I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Absolutely. Only time will tell. And as of right now, we'll know the answer to most of these questions by Saturday night because uh, that's when the Buccaneers play a football game, if you haven't heard by now. All right, let's wrap this thing up. I want to go over some playoff scenarios. Um, Can we talk about defense for a second? Yeah, because go ahead and talk about defense. The, do it. The, the, the pass rush is non-existent. Um, even like I don't know where Jason Pierre-Paul's been, uh, but he needs to show up in the playoffs. Uh, he has not been good the past few games. He's been uh, invisible. Uh, what was was it either the Atlanta game or the, the Detroit game where he didn't register a single stat? I think it was the Atlanta game, uh, this the first Atlanta game, and he needs to be better. And without Shaq Barrett, this was his time, and he didn't do it. He needs to be better for this team to have success. If this team cannot generate pass rush, they're going to be quickly out. They are going to be quickly out. They may beat Washington, but then, you know, if you beat Washington and let's say there's no other upsets, you're traveling to Green Bay. You don't get a pass rush on Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, you're done. So they need Jason Pierre-Paul to be better. They need Shaq Barrett to come back and be good. They they need a consistent pass rush. And, yeah, not having your best blitzer in Devin White, it does hurt. Devin White had eight sacks in the season for a reason. You know, I mean, he was their best blitzing running back, uh, running back, linebacker. I don't know. I was thinking uh, running backs on the mind, man. Um, And he was their best blitzer. I'll give, you know, that sucks. He's not going to be there. But those guys need to be better, and if they're not better, the Bucks are going to have a quick playoff exit, and they just they need it. They're they're paying those guys too much money for them to not show up in these moments. No, you're you're not wrong at all. I, I mean, we talked a lot about this season, you know, getting pressure with four because God forbid you're in a situation where you don't have your best blitzing linebacker on the team, like the Buccaneers are this week. Well, and, so. and also, you you can't consistently blitz. You you well, can't yeah. blitz every single play because you're going to get burned, right? right? So, like, yeah, like the Bucks are one of the more blitzing teams in the NFL, but you still you need to be able to rush with four. Just you need to be able to drop guys in coverage because there's going to be some times, you know, against the Chiefs and against the Packers, you blitz them. They have the weapons and the quarterback to where it's not going to work out in your favor. Yeah. 
It'll be interesting to see how they draw it up on the defensive side of the ball this week, but I have to imagine that you're going to have Kevin Minter back in that middle linebacker spot. He'll be filling in serviceably. Um, he was okay. I thought he got a little exposed in coverage, but he was all right. I mean, I, I think he was, you know, a step above what Devin White has been in coverage. I know he improved uh, a little bit I in the don't Troy know game. About that. I don't know about that. No? I don't know. There was some times, man, I don't know. I didn't know what Kevin Minter was doing. Mm. I mean, if you go back and look at that Hayden Hurst touchdown, boy, does he bite. Yeah, he, oh, he was pretty Lordy. lost in the end zone there. I'll admit it on that one. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there were there was some where the running back just stood there in the flat, caught the ball, and Kevin Minter was nowhere to be found. I just, I don't know. It wasn't a. And Kevin Minter is, I think, a better coverage linebacker than Devin White. He's he's not a better linebacker than Devin White, but coverage wise, he is. But it was just it was. I think it was a rough game for Minter on Sunday. I haven't watched all the film, but it was a rough game. I think. I get you. I mean, you got to take into account his first game back in however many weeks it's been. Um... So, I mean, I guess that factors into it. But again, once the playoffs come around, there are no excuses. So it is going to be put up or shut up for the defense this Saturday night. Really if, big... if Washington if Washington goes and just throws all over them, there's no hope. I'm going to, like, seriously. And if Washington does that, this offense is, this Washington offense is so bad that, like, if they score over, like, 21 points, like, the Bucks don't deserve to win. Like, this mm. Washington offense is bad. Mm. But the way they the way they win is that they their defense is good enough to where their defense gives the offense uh, opportunistic short fields, and they just don't turn the ball over. So, I, I think the first one to 21 is pretty much going to win this game. Bold prediction. We'll go into a little bit more detail on Thursday. We're going to be breaking that game down over the course of an hour or so, and I think we should have a very special guest who can give us some insight on the game. But as of right now, let's put a bow on this episode and let's talk about playoff scenarios. I don't want to look too far ahead, but I do want to talk about the possibility of what happens if the Buccaneers win this Saturday. Well, I think we've kind of come to the conclusion here that the best path to the Super Bowl for Tampa Bay is to avoid New Orleans at all costs. Um, so we're going to go over some of the scenarios, and one of them includes them playing New Orleans. So here we go. If the Buccaneers win Saturday, they could play at four different sites in the divisional round. If the Saints and the Seahawks win the Buccaneers go to Lambeau and they play Aaron. That would, that would mean that, and and that is the most likely scenario if the Bucks win, mind you, because that would mean that there are no upsets. So that is the most likely scenario. If the Saints lose and the Seahawks win, the Buccaneers will go to Seattle and play the Seahawks. If the Saints win and the Seahawks lose, the Buccaneers go to New Orleans to play Drew Brees and the Saints. And the last scenario, if the Saints and the Seahawks lose, will the Buccaneers get a home game against the L.A. Rams? So mm -hmm. I, I don't think the Rams won. Well, out of all four, the Rams one is definitely the most far-fetched. You got a lot of upsets going yeah. on there. But, uh, you know, let's talk about this first one, the road to Tampa for every NFL team in the playoffs. It, it starts in Lambeau. It does, and what a tough place for it to go through, all right? Um, I mean, if you're looking at it, if the Bucks win, they're likely going to, to Lambeau to, to play the Packers. That is the most likely scenario If the should the Bucks win. Uh, basically, the winner of, of Washington and Tampa will, will go to Lambeau because I don't see Chicago beating New Orleans, and I don't think Jared Goff is going to play for L.A., so I don't see L.A. beating Seattle. So uh, I think the winner of that of that Washington-Tampa game is going to go to Lambeau, and um, – it's it's uh, such a tough matchup. Uh, Rodgers is, you know, been the best quarterback in the NFL this year, and the the Packers are hot. Their defense 
does leave a little bit to be desired, which that's some holes, and the Bucks do match up well with them. Um, they match up well with them better than they do teams like the Saints and Rams. But, uh, hey, you know, you don't want to obviously go to Green Bay, but you might have to. So yeah. um, the most likely scenario is that they are. And But in the playoffs, you're going to – everybody – I've been saying this a lot. Everybody is good at something, man. Everybody – it's the playoffs. Everybody is good at something or else they wouldn't be there at all. So, you know, they're all good. Everybody's good. And there's there's a reason that they're there, and it's time for the Bucks to, to step up and get a big win on the road. And it would be a huge win. The two straight wins on the road, mind you. Absolutely. And as a team who has an identity of, you know, that road warrior aspect, they play really well on the road. Six and two over the regular season in 2020 on the road. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, w- but... one, one thing, but, uh, because I might forget this for the game preview, so I just I remembered it now. If the Bucks were a white on white, they're going to lose. If they were a white on pewter, they're going to win. So that's a great that's, point. I think that's the that, only that's correct simple. color combination in the playoffs. You have to stick with the pewter pants. Exactly. I mean, that I don't. They haven't lost with the pewter pants. Um, they they haven't played a night game with the pewter pants, uh, like white white jerseys, pewter pants. But they haven't lost uh, the one the Chicago game. It was white on white. And then the rest of them were were uh, in Tampa. So yeah. the rest of the primetime games. Well, the Giants game was in New York, but they wore red. So yeah, still just you know just wear white on pewter. Just do it, and you'll win. One game at a time. We're going to talk to you guys a little bit more on Thursday for the game preview. And by the way, just a one more tidbit of information for that game Saturday night. There will be no fans in attendance. So obviously the Bucs aren't strangers to playing in an empty stadium this year, but for a playoff atmosphere, it definitely changes things. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does. Um, the playoffs is when your fans are going to be the loudest. They're going to be the most energy. And, yeah, it, it's it's pretty huge. Uh, I personally, I didn't know that they, that there was going to be no fans there. Um, but, yeah, that's that's interesting. And uh, that's where I think the players are going to really feel biggest the biggest difference. You know, like, thankfully, there's going to be limited fans for the Super Bowl because that would suck, like, having yeah, right. a Super Bowl played in front of an empty stadium. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a big change and something that the players are going to have to get used to. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, with all of that being said, I think that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out, whether it's with video over on YouTube or listening on any of our podcast outlets over there. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel, turn on notifications so you get notified every single time we release an episode, do a call-in show, upload a hype video, whatever the case may be. A lot of great content over on our YouTube channel. And if you are on the audio outlets, we really do appreciate you. If you want to help out the show, leave us a review. It's a little thing, but it goes a long way for the podcast. Check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can check out my co-host on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on IG. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T. AKUS. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish. We will talk to you guys on Thursdays. We preview the Buccaneers' first playoff game in 13 long years. Until then, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.